podcast is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any services or products and any listener should seek independent advice before making any investment decision. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up and investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. Hello, Rory, how are you doing? Good morning, Fred. Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. I'm I'm in the kitchen here to try and uh, try and reduce the echo after after our podcast in um in a cave. It seemed like last week. Well, don't worry because we are soon due to have a podcast studio in the in the office. Once uh, we get the sound proofing up, we'll be able to do these in, in person. <laughs> I'll get to see your beautiful smile face to face. I will stop it. <laughs> Uh, so after uh, after quite heavy podcast last round talk, uh, talking about interest rates and uh, and market moves, we thought we'd really lighten things up uh, and move on to war and talk about war. Yeah, Fred. Well, um, you know we're talking on the twenty second of the second of twenty twenty two, so it's a very kind of apt date. And um, as of last night, uh, Russia had had sent troops to peacekeeping in eastern Ukraine. So. We thought the topic of, of, of investing in times of war might be quite a, a pertinent one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and 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 uh, the strange connection Putin seems to have with uh, with the Winter Olympics and uh, and in invading uh, Ukrainian territory. Well, you know, you, you do know there's, the, there's an Olympic truce. Have you come across that? Yeah. Well, I mean, Russia would be very good at holding up with other Olympic values, have they? <laughs> very good, Brad. No, it was an Olympic truce, you know, dating back from, 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 the, from the very first Olympics, not the modern Olympics, where, where you know, wars would cease fire or um, attacks wouldn't start until um, the Olympic Games were over. Interesting. Um, okay, well, 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 let's launch straight into it, Rory. You've got your, um, you've got your history teacher's jacket on there. Yeah, I've got um, my elbow pads on. The, I think that's more geography teacher than history teacher. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry um so yeah talk us through uh talk us through how the stock markets uh fared uh during the world wars as a as, you know let's let, let's get the ball rolling well let's I, let me start fred with with the war puzzle have you have, okay. you, come across, have you come across the war puzzle have you come across you know this this um what would how would we describe it this um this state, puzzle state of a war puzzle you come across okay. that okay no tell me um, so the war puzzle is a state in, in when there's a pre-war phase, an increase in war likelihood tends to decrease stock prices, but the ultimate outbreak of war increases them. So if, if it's a kind of long draw up to up to war, but obviously the stock markets are going to decrease. Um, and when war you know, eventually does happen, the stock markets will kind of rebound and, and, and rally. However, when there are cases of war starting as a complete and utter surprise, the outbreak of war decreases stock markets. So kind of what that's saying is that either way, um, there is going to be a decrease in stock markets, you know, whether it's a long lead up to war or, or, or short up to war. And they call that the war puzzle. Okay. So it's so um in, in, in the case where it's where it's drawn out, it's it's the uncertainty that that, that the market's selling off. Yeah. Uh, whereas whereas obviously if if it's a surprise, it's the it's the surprise, it's the panic of of that news. Exactly. So let's, okay. let's let's go back, Fred, a um, hundred and, 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 and eight years ago to um, the First World War. 
the assassination of the Archduke um, Franz Ferdinand um, in 1914, the market barely blinked, okay? Yeah. But a month later, on the 28th of July, 1914, when the Austro-Hungarian Empire declared um, war uh, on Serbia, the markets were completely spooked and fell 30% and actually had to close and remained closed for four months until until they reopened uh, when they rocketed up 88%. Um, wow. Up, so, what, so what was it? Down, down 30, up 88? Down 30, up 88. Um, and by the end of um, November 1916, the US stock market, the Dow Jones, had doubled its value um, purely on the basis of heavy demand for the supplies needed to supply the Tommies on the, on the Western Front um, and obviously the increase in, in commodity prices. But then in 1917, when, it, when, the, when the Americans joined the First World War, so obviously they joined a bit later than, than everyone else, uh, that sent stocks absolutely tumbling. Um, with a downtrend that continued into 1918, um, uh, and um, it didn't recover its value until um, mid-1919, um, when when the war was kind of completely fully over and, and the Treaty of Versailles had been signed. Uh, interesting that the, conclu- the conclusion of each of those is that, that the market has actually r- ridden it out there. Yeah, exactly. So the market has actually ended up the war higher than when it, h- higher than when it started. Um, but you know, it's not just stock markets of oil. Obviously, levels of debt increase. You know, in between the years of 1913 and 1920, the UK's debt increased 10 times, um, and the US's debt increased um, up to eight times. Okay. So, um, so how how about World War Two? Well, let me just let me just let me just talk to you quick about first time more about World War One, Fred. If you saw okay. my notes, it obviously had a huge effect on on the city of London, and 1,600 stockbrokers joined up. Um, creating the London Stock Exchange Battalion of Royal, Royal Fusiliers. Um, um, and if you go to the London Stock Exchange at Paternoster Square, just on the left-hand side as you kind of look at the entrance, you'll see a big plaque on the, um, on the wall, and that's of the 400 um, soldiers that never, that never actually made it home. Got very interesting. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely, next time I'm in passing, I'll, uh, I'll divert to go have a look. And... Um, and on the back of the First World War, um, non-UK citizens were banned from being of the members of the London, London Stock Exchange, a ban which remained in force until the 1970s. To give you some context on the Second World War, it started in 1939 and ended in late 1945. And over that total period, the Dow Jones was up 50%, so 7% per annum. So combined during the two worst wars in um, modern history, Fred, the U.S. stock market was up a combined 115 percent. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's extraordinary that, that that's the case. I, I mean, you, you could make the argument that those two wars were really the the, the nails in the coffin of the uh, British Empire and the the, the beginning of the of the American century. So, uh, yeah. so, so some of that uh, transfer is the 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 shift of power moving across the Atlantic to to to. You know the, the powerhouse that 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 became uh, the USA. Well, well, so so and that's very interesting, Fred, because if you compare the German market, the DAX, to the American market and the Dow in 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 the nineteen forties, um, the Dow Jones um, troughed out, bottomed out, just after Pearl Harbor. Okay, in the in the Battle of the Pacific, that's where it troughed out, and at the same time, that's when the German market peaked. 
at Operation Barbarossa when they went to go and attack the Russians. And, and the German market actually peaked in um, at Stalingrad in 19 in 1943. Um, and post D-Day in 1944, July 1944, August 1944, sorry, they actually froze the prices of the, of the assets in the market and then closed the market. Um, and the market remained closed for four years. The German market remained closed for four years, 1944, 1948. Um, and then when it opened, it fell 82%. Sure. Well, uh, I, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's the contrast, isn't it? But yeah, uh, it, The real it, swing, it, the real move of the war, rep, rep, replicated in the stock markets. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but in, interesting, uh, not, not sure if you had the, um, the, the stats at your fingertips, but, but the, the, the UK market wasn't, wasn't as, as, as buoyant as, as the Dow Jones, but, but the, the um, I think it's the, the FT30, it was known as then, rather than the FTSE 100, uh, was, was, was also up over, over the period of, of World War II. Well, I suppose, you know, people had to, um, you know, they had to, companies had to raise money, they had to invest, they had to, you know, to, um, to, 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 to carry on the war effort, didn't they, really? Mm. I've got a great poster here on, on my computer, um, which is which um, says um, you know buy a war bond and obviously the last um, war bond um, was you know paid off by the treasury in um, in in March um, 2015 um, and that was a war loan which was supposed to be a per perpetuity a perpetual uh, which paid three and a half percent interest um, and the slogan was unlike the soldier the investor runs no risk do your job for your country. Oh, strange times. Strange times. Indeed. Can you imagine re reading that on a guilt now? <laughs> Do your duty and buy a guilt. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I've, I, I have got uh, a sort of mini quiz for you, a bit of a history quiz on businesses uh, that were in uh, the FTSE 100 predecessor, the FT30, uh, that are still around today. Okay. Uh, and 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 it's only a handful, but I'll I'll just set the scene with with um three that I'm sure close to your hearts that um have sadly slipped away from the market or uh, slipped away slipped away or or are no longer okay. listed. Um. So we've got Woolworths. Yes. God. Good old Willies. Yeah. Austin Motors. Uh, and, yeah. And, I've never. Yeah. The, the, the car company. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Obviously. And um and Harrods used to be listed. Oh, I didn't realise Harrods was listed. Yeah. Um okay, so so we've got four companies here. Um first one uh first one is in drinks, just as a little clue. That's still remaining. Yeah, it doesn't have the same name anymore. Well, it must be a it must be a precursor to Diageo. Yeah, very good. Is it, is it Guinness? No, because Guinness wouldn't have been listed in London. It would have been. It would have been. A, a, it would have been some. It would have been called like the General Drinks Company Limited or something. Yeah, the, the Distillers Company, <laughs> uh, which uh, was part owned by Jonathan Walker. Uh, so oh, yeah. obviously, obviously, um, so that was taken over by Guinness in the eighties, and then we had the Guinness share trading fraud. Um, yeah, and we, I, could probably, we could probably want to be, we could probably do a kind of um, a podcast on great share for great share frauds, couldn't we? Yeah, that would be that would be something more lighthearted, let's say. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so so that became Diageo. Yeah. Uh, next, next three. I'm I'm just not going to give you any clues for starters. 
Um, okay. These is, are all FTSE 100 names. Is Lever, Lever, Lever Brothers? Um, like yeah, yeah. So I couldn't actually find them in 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 the thirty. I mean, they've definitely been around. No, they that may long. not have been. They would have been around. Maybe they would not have been public. Um, uh, ooh, sugar. Uh, uh, Tate and Lyle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his factory is still by London City Airport. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we've got tobacco. That's British American tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and last but not least, what were then um, cars and Spitfire engines? Ah, yeah, the Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So so there we go. It's um, sort of booze, sugar, tobacco, um, and fighter jets would seem Goodness, to st you st in... stand the test of time. There, it'd be quite good to do a kind of um, post. Um, pre-war charts are now and in and, and see what your return would have been in those in, in owning those um four businesses yeah and and and, and then I, I i won't check these with you but on on the other side of the atlantic in a, uh in the dow jones uh survivors from from the wars we got chrysler and general motors yeah we got standard oil that became um exxon yeah uh general electric and procter and gamble uh so quick cola no um no you're talking about dow jones yeah dow jones so um, um oh, that's do, very interesting do, do, so that's um do you think that tells you the story of a very male heavy century cars oil and shaving um okay let's uh let's move past the world wars because it's uh, I mean, we could be i could be stuck on the world wars for ages i saw yeah. you nodding off a bit there when i was chatting away at you uh, okay. Um, in terms of uh, more um, more regional wars, uh, where, which weren't necessarily world wars, uh, interesting to see how stock market has 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 acted in periods like this, and uh, you know very much touch wood, uh, uh, Putin's escapades in Ukraine at the moment turn out to be. Uh, well, well, ho hopefully it won't turn out to be a war at all. But but if if it does, let's very much hope it doesn't escalate. Um, just 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 to go through a couple of the worst sell-offs um, from World War Two onwards. Uh, so so just for for, for context, um, this is this is uh, the S and P. So it's a slightly wider uh, indicator of, of of the U.S. markets. On the day of the Pearl Harbor attack, it was down three point eight percent, and that ended up with it with it with a total drawdown so so at, at worst the market was down 20 percent uh and and that was 140 days later uh so it took a took a well to took it took it yeah yeah but then it, it bottomed took, out 140 days later yeah but it took 307 days to recover to where it was before so so all, almost a, yeah almost a year so that's that's um that's one one of the sharpest um sell-offs and, and longest to recover if you uh, if if we roll through history, um, the we the, the Korean War, uh, yeah. when when North Korea invaded South Korea, the U.S. market was down five percent. Twenty three days later, it bottomed out at minus thirteen, uh, and then two months later, it was back where it had been before. Goodness! So, so that that was a relatively quick turnaround. Kennedy assassination uh, sent the markets down three percent. Uh, and it and the following day it was back up three uh, percent. So, so so that was shaken off pretty quickly. Um, because that's probably because in America, 
you don't have the uncertainty, do you? You've got, you know, as soon as the, um, the president's out of action, the vice president's in charge. Can you remember who, who it was? Um, um, who would it have been? No, my I, my US president. It was uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. L oh, yeah, very good, Fred. Mm. Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, and then bring, bring it slightly closer. Uh, so 9-11, um, market was down 5% of the day. Uh, and it took two weeks for the market to bottom out at down down twelve percent, uh, and then it was one month before the market had fully recovered. Uh, and and uh, since since then, uh, no uh, other um, incidents that that have sent the, the U.S. market down more than um, more than five percent uh, overall. Uh, COVID. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm talking about uh, geopolitical events. Although uh, yeah, I, I mean, argu no, arguably, no, you can COVID is. No, let's not talk about COVID because we'll get we'll get we might get in, we might get in trouble if we talk about anything. Yeah, but, but I I think um, in in terms of your um, theory that you're you're putting putting forward at the start that um, the war puzzle. The yeah, the war puzzle. There we go. I was trying to think think what it was. It's it, it's the uncertainty pre wars and 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 the initial shock that that tends to do the damage to to, to stock markets. But uh, if if history is anything to go by here, um, mar mar markets have actually um, come back pretty strongly, and 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 definitely a, a large component of that has been this increased government spending and borrowing that that that, that you were talking about there. Well, because... central, you know, central banks have a power, government can raise more money and they can spend more money. And, you know, we saw it slightly with COVID, didn't you? You know, with, with furlough. The worst yeah. thing that could have happened in the UK would have been we'd enter a recession because no one was earning any money because no one was allowed to go and spend any money. So whole sectors would have been completely wiped out. But with you know further, which obviously took its huge toll on 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 the balance sheet, government's balance UK balance sheet, um, you know people are still able to earn and 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 you know up to eighty percent of their salary, um, even though they you know even though their industry wasn't earning any revenues at all. Yeah, and 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 in in terms of where uh, se sectors that have tended to do well or or, or not in these in these periods. Um, this, obviously, this is, this is uh, just just for the disclaimer. Very much not a recommendation. Uh, but nice. it's uh, if if you look at uh, emerging markets, they 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 tend to to suffer the worst in these periods because um, foreign investment that that previously would have been a, a bit more adventurous and go, going overseas very much um, runs back home. It's the sort of Comes safe page. Yeah. yeah. So so um, if if you're a a Southeast Asian country that was previously benefiting from lots of uh, American dollars coming in, you're you're, you're definitely not going to see as much of that. Uh, well, for, you, you get for the foreseeable get, future. You get um, you get these safe haven assets, don't you, Brad? Yeah, yeah, you get, yeah. You, you, and a lot of them, you know, gold is your classic is your is your classic example, and you and we've seen them move in gold recently. Um, currencies, a lot of people put their money back into Swiss currency, the franc, or um, even Japanese yen. Um, I'm sure the reason behind the Swiss is because it's a kind of a neutral country, stable government. Um, um, that's why people put their, their, their money their money into their utility businesses, um, treasuries. 
Um, uh, I mean, is there any other, yeah, any other well, safe haven assets? Well, um, uh, safe haven might be the wrong word here, but um, the, the share price of defence businesses. Have, well, obviously, uh, they will have increased spending, wouldn't they? So, yes, defence yeah, businesses. Well, yes, they're just to rattle off a few. So we've got BAE Systems, who make... Um, uh, for instance, the, the Queen Elizabeth class um, aircraft carriers for, yep. for us or, or good fighter old jets. British, good old British engineering. Um, shares up uh, 28% over the last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Raytheon uh, and Lockheed Martin, the, the, the two big US defence businesses, uh, up 30% uh, over the last year. And then Lockheed Martin's up almost a quarter um, just this year, so oh, wow. um, that's that. That's the stock market saying uh, that 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 they're nervous about uh, about war and expecting, uh, or, or maybe not necessarily nervous about war, but certainly expecting on the back of what what we've been seeing that defence spending is going to be going up. Yeah, and there's obviously also an ESG element to, to defence spending, and, and I was reading an article saying that actually, um, you know, the ESG invent- investors they shouldn't be avoiding defense businesses you know because a lot of these companies you know make defensive defense products rather than offensive defense products you know some things that are protecting you from war um you know things um you know like the body armor avon rubber is is, is much more defensive than it is offensive so it shouldn't be kind of fully discounted by esg managers like it like it could be yeah yeah absolutely um, okay, well, Rory, uh, have you got any, any any conclusions to 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 wrap this to get together and 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 thoughts on on uh, in investment in times of um, geopolitical uncertainty? Um, well, that's a very good question, Fred. I think as um, fund managers, geopolitical uncertainty is something that we kind of take in day to day, and you know. Obviously, you and I are stock pickers, so we look at um, you know individual companies who, and we want them to be performing well. But obviously, you know, above all of that, you have got the geopolitical uncertainty. Um, and you know, as we've said from the war puzzle, um, if the uh, lead up to war is 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 more drawn out and there's much more worry and fear in the markets, uh, then we'll see a bigger decrease in in the markets when unless when it's a kind of flash. Um, you know, the market reacts there and then and then recovers afterwards. Um, but, um, you know, the worries in, in our mind at the moment is obviously the world is very globalised now. It was much less globalised in um, the 1940s and 19, you know, 1914 to 1918. A lot of these American businesses would have constructed, would have done all of their manufacture, production and construction in America, where nowadays that doesn't mean, that's not the case at all. All the, all the construction takes place in in China or in, in, in the Far East. So there's a real worry about disruption to supply chains. Um, and then also, you know, energy is you know, very pertinent in Russia that, you know, uh, you know, I think it's something like 40% of, of, of energy comes from Russian gas in, in, in Europe. So countries like Germany, uh, 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 you know, are very fearful about, you know, a blown out war and, and what sanctions could, could lead to that. So, you know, globalization, you know, is, is obviously a great thing, but during times of geopolitical struggle and, and unease, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, bit of a, a bit of a worry. Yeah, no, absolutely, and 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 uh, it it will be interesting to see over the over the next year or so whether whether in fact it's more more regional businesses uh, that that have have a slightly slightly easier time of it. So I mean, just just looking at the UK, whether it's well, the fest- 
domestic focused businesses yeah 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 exactly so whether it's maybe covid aside whether it's you know pub companies or house builders or uh or even builders you know that that, that perhaps are, are less reliant on on a globalized world and 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 these big supply chains uh as opposed to uh businesses like like a unilever or a diageo etc who, who who very much are um global businesses that just happen to be listed here yeah exactly exactly well fred um, I hope you enjoy the, the, the history pod. Yeah, the history pod. Okay, we'll call it that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a, a very interesting um, look through, and th- thanks for all that work. And um, well, let, let's hope we've um, we, we've got some some better news out of um, out of Ukraine and, and and Russia in two weeks' time when we next speak. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Cool. Cheers, Roy. Cheers, Brad.